chapter 2. If you have your Bible app, you can find it there. Find it on a tablet. Mark chapter 2, we're going to continue a series called The Power of Yes. Now, today's a special Sunday for us. It's what we call Connect Group Sunday. Connect Group Sunday. So I want to talk to you about connecting, and I want to talk to you about saying yes to certain things today. And we've watched over the last couple weeks how, uh, last couple weeks, especially last couple weeks, but also last couple years, we've watched the world just begin to shift and change, and all sorts of things happened, and it, it hasn't been for the better, right? It's, it's been for the worse. And so what I want to talk to you today about is how to reconnect. How do we reconnect? And I'm not just talking about with a church or with a, a, a group, a, a large group. I'm talking about in a smaller setting, what we call connect groups. But let me read to you first from Mark chapter 2. As I, we go into this series, it says this in Mark chapter 2, and he again entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Watch this, four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. The very next verse says, when Jesus saw their faith. I imagine there was some discussion before they just started ripping a house apart. There must have been some thought process to this. Here's a paralyzed guy being carried by four men. They get to the door. They can't get through the door. They're asking nicely, hey, can we get through? We've got somebody paralyzed, and they're like, look, we've got our own problems, buddy. Um, you're going to have to wait your turn. And so they couldn't get through. So they just back up for a minute. They reassess the situation, and then somebody gets the bright idea. You know what? We ought to just go up on that house. We ought to just go up to the roof, and we just ought to tear the roof apart. We ought to just uncover the tiles, and we ought to just lower him down. Well, we're going to need some rope. I mean, it's kind of a crazy idea, but they just felt like what was going to happen in this man's life was more valuable than the roof itself. So they had this crazy idea. Somebody came up with it, right? One person come up with it. There's always that one guy that has that one idea, right? And then they all said, yes. Yes, let's do it. Now, I don't know if they pulled the paralyzed guy because he's the one being lowered, right? He might have said, I don't know about this one. Maybe we should just wait a little bit. No, 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 we got this. We got you, all right? At some point, they had to say yes. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about the power of yes. The power of yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says that in him, all the promises of God are in him. They are yes, and in him they are amen. In other words, God has already stamped a big yes on your life. Now, he doesn't say yes to everything you want. He just says yes to his promises over your life. 
He says yes to the promises that he has given you, he's already said yes to. But watch this, it says it in the message paraphrase, it says that God's yes works together with our yes. Those things work together, becoming gloriously evident. In other words, God's already said yes, we're not waiting on God, he's waiting on you. Come on now, he's waiting on us. God's already sitting on go with his promises. He's already sitting on go with the, the plan and purpose of God for your life. What he's waiting for is for you to agree with it. He's waiting on your yes. Yes, God, I'll press in. Yes, I'll wake up early and open up the word of God and read my Bible and spend time praying. Yes, I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll reach out, I'll volunteer, I'll serve. Whatever it is he's called you to do, we have to say yes to that. Because I said this a couple weeks ago, God wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. Amen? He has passed over others who have not said yes. And he's looking for somebody who's just willing. Amen? Willing. God, I say yes to your plan. I say yes to your purpose. Listen, it doesn't mean that he's going to give you all the details, give you every step of the way. I told you he's not Apple Maps. He doesn't tell you every turn all at once. What he just tells you is here, take these two steps, and then when you take these two steps, I'll give you one or two more. Amen? So it's faith. It's just faith. It always requires faith. When Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their faith, amen? So I said this, saying yes to God means saying no to distractions. We are in 21 days of fasting and prayer, and what fasting really is, fasting is about yes and no. It's saying yes to God. I'll spend this time that I would normally be eating, I'll spend it with you. I'll spend my breakfast time with you. I'll spend my lunch hour with you. I'll spend every night coming out to church, spending it with you. Why do you think we meet every night? Because it's easier than staying home. I don't know of any church that meets every night. Some of them do 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I'm sure there's other churches that I just don't know of any. But we said, let's meet every night because it's too hard to stay home. There's too much food in my house for me to stay home. I've got to get to church. Otherwise, I'm going to rip open a bag of potato chips and go crazy on them, all right? So it's just easier to come out. So whatever we say yes to, we also have to say no to certain things. I'm going to disconnect from the world, from media. I'm going to disconnect from the news. I'm going to disconnect from the fear. I'm going to disconnect from all of these distractions, and I'm saying yes to God. I'm unplugging from all that so that I can plug in to what God has for me. Amen? And what God wants is he wants you to be connected. He wants you to be plugged in. He wants you to be a part of something. You're not just saying yes God, I'll do, you know, crazy things like I'll go, you know, overseas, I'll go to China, I'll go to the Middle East. I mean, God, if you really want me to go, I'll go there. It's, hey, let's start with this. Let me just be a part of a church family. Amen? Let me start there. Let me just start with, with belonging to something. Amen? Because, listen, the devil's plan is for you to be alone. God's plan is for you to be in a family. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, God sets the solitary in families. 
When God said it's not good for man to be alone in Genesis, he meant that for life. Amen? So I want to give you just a couple of things to say yes to, all right? And I want to give you a couple of things to say yes to. And the first one is this. You say yes to circles and not just rows. Say yes to circles and not just rows. We actually live life in circles. You don't go home and sit at the dinner table as a family in a row. You don't sit one row and then the second row, right? You sit around a table. It could be a circle. It could be a square. It could be a rectangle. But you're in some sort of circle or some place where you could see each other. Listen, what we do here on Sunday mornings is called rows. That's how I grew up. I grew up Sunday school kid. I grew up where we had these red pews and I would dangle my feet, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't wait for the day when my feet would touch the ground, you know. Somewhere in my 20s, it finally happened. You know what I mean? Like my feet finally hit the ground, you know. But I just couldn't wait for that day. But that's just how we lived. That's all we knew. We just knew rows. You'd just come to church and then you'd go home. And that was kind of all that there was. But there's so much more to that, right? And rows are great. There's nothing wrong with those. This is a necessary part of our life. I believe that church attendance is like the 11th commandment. Thou shalt attend church. But... That's not how we live life. We live life in circles. You see, here's how the early church was formed. Acts 2, verse 46 says this, So they met in the temple and daily from house to house. Right? So they did two different things. Because they met daily, where? In the temple, and then also from house to house. Now, I've studied the temple. The temple had a courtyard that could seat or stand, it was standing room only, they didn't put out chairs, but they would stand there and thousands could fit in the courtyard. But in a house, you could only have so many. Limited space. And so they met. Now watch this. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says this is how they met in the temple and from house to house. Now, in Acts chapter 2, the very first part, we know that it started with how many? 120 believers in the upper room. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. They go out into the street. People are like, what is this? Peter stands up. This this guy that was afraid of a, a young girl accusing him, all of a sudden he's filled with the Holy Spirit and dude with power, and he stands up and he preaches, and 3,000 people get saved. Oh, now we got 3,000 people. We have to disciple them. So they said, okay, well, we're going to meet daily in the house, right? House to house to house to house and in the temple. So we're going to have these large gatherings and then we're going to have the small gatherings. We're going to meet in rows, right? We're standing rows and then we're going to meet in circles, right? But it's in the circle where you get discipled. It's in the circle where you find a friend, right? It's in the circle where connections are made. Something powerful happens in the circle, and the church began to grow. Acts chapter 4, actually it says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the very next verse it says, and the Lord had added to them daily those who should be saved. Right? So they, they started seeing people saved every day. Every day. So you imagine that it was at least, right, daily, at least 400, 800, who knows, a couple thousand were added every year. 
And then it says this in the very next chapter, Acts chapter, well, two chapters later, Acts chapter 4, verse 4 says, and now there were 5,000 men saved. 5,000 men were added. 5,000 men. Well, 5,000 men plus the wife and the kids, now you got 15,000 at least added to the church. So now you got a church that could be 20,000. How do you disciple 20,000 people? House to house. Small groups. House to house to house to house. Now you don't have a place where 20,000 people could gather. There was no church building. There's no place where they go and 20,000 people can just stand there. But they went from house to house. And then in Acts chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, multitude. There was a multitude. Luke, when he's writing the book of Acts, stops giving a number out at this point. Why? Because you couldn't count. And so he just says, multitudes. Multitudes. Now way more than 20,000. How are we going to disciple these people? House to house to house to house. The rows are great. The rows are necessary. But listen, we live life in circles. I've said it like this because this is one of the great examples that happened in our church years ago. Two friends of ours at the 10 church here and known them forever. And one guy came up to the other guy just in, in a lobby. We were meeting actually at Wellington High School. And he said to the other man, how you doing? And you know the church answer. We got the church answer? What's the church answer? Great. I'm doing wonderful. Marriage is falling apart. Kids are going crazy. Finances are a mess. Come on now. Sick as could be. You had COVID 22 times. Come on now. <laughs> and what do you say? Great. I'm doing great. And then he looked at him and he goes, how are you really doing? And the man went, oh, I guess you want the truth. <laughs> I guess you want a real answer. And what we've said is this. Sunday morning here is how you doing. But connect groups is how are you really doing. And somebody needs to know how you're really doing. How are you really doing? Huh? How are you really doing with this last two years? How are you really doing? How's your marriage really doing? Now, you say, well, listen, listen, I don't want anybody to know that. Somebody needs to know how you're doing. Amen. You need to connect. See, it's not just saying yes to circles and rows. The second thing is this. You need to say yes to connection and no to isolation. Because one of the tragedies of this past couple years is the isolation. It's had people go crazy. It's had depression and, and suicidal thoughts and, and all this addiction and alcoholism and drug use has skyrocketed. Why? Isolation. You were not meant to be isolated. You were meant to be connected. You were created for connection. Right? In fact, the Bible says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and, and around verse 9, it says two, two are better than one. But it says this in verse 10 in the New Living Translation. It says, someone who is alone is in real trouble. Real trouble. Listen, you're alone. You're not connected. You are in real trouble. And here's what you need. You need four crazy friends that are going to bust through. Because it said this, and when they broke through, he broke through. Do you understand? 
They didn't leave him behind. Come on now. When they broke through the roof, that means he broke through the roof. And you might need somebody who's going to stand with you, pray with you, believe God with you, have faith with you. When you're down, they'll lift you up. They'll say, hey, come on, let's go get a cup of coffee. I noticed that you've been struggling, and I just want to speak some life. I just want to speak some encouragement. You just might need four crazy friends. Amen? You were created for connection. Let me give you this example, all right? I'm going to give you this example. I actually brought a prop. I'm not a prop guy, all right? But I brought a prop. Now, some of you are wondering, what in the world is this thing? All right, let me just tell you what this is. Now, there's a couple men that are real men that know what this is. So one of our elders who's moved away, who's a great friend of ours, and we're still very good friends, his name was Scott, and I would tease Scott all the time because he liked to grill out, but he used a gas grill. And I said, Scott, you know, real men use charcoal, not gas. And then he would come back and he would say, yes, but by the time your charcoal is heated up, I finished my steak. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, my steak is going to be better than your steak. How about that? You know what I mean? Like, some things take time. So this is actually a charcoal starter. It's a chimney. And what you do is you just load the charcoal in here, and there's a little thing to catch it. And then you just put a charcoal starter under here, and you put it on the grill. Real men know what this is. All right? And the reason it looks like it is is because this gets some use. All right? And what it does is it allows the charcoal to heat up very quickly. Why? Because it keeps the charcoal connected, right? And as that thing begins to heat up, watch this. If I was to grab a pair of tongs and take one of those coals that's on fire, that is lit, you understand, that is burning hot, if I was to take that one charcoal and just set it off to the side, do you know what would happen? Here's what would happen. These would stay lit. They would stay burning hot. They would stay on fire. But this one isolated little charcoal off by itself would slowly begin to cool down. You may not notice it in the first 60 seconds, but let me tell you, five minutes go by, 10 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, and this thing begins to cool down. Why? Because it left the group. It disconnected itself. It isolated itself. And listen, you may not know it. It may take a month or two months or six months, but when you disconnect, connect from people, you will eventually cool off. God created you for connection. Amen? So that this, what the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Amen? You get connected. Ladies, you need other ladies around you. Huh? Who are going to say, listen, I, I, I want to just encourage, I want to speak some life into you. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I get discouraged. My wife was transparent, man. We've been going through something in, a, in our family, and it's difficult. Sometimes you just need somebody to stand with you and say, hey, listen, I noticed you're having a hard time, and, and today isn't about how many verses we can memorize. Maybe I could just grab you by the hand and believe God with you and just pray with you and let the peace of God just flow into your heart and let the Holy Spirit come and minister to you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we need those moments in our life, and it only happens through connection. 
And if you're by yourself, it's a dangerous place to be. You were created for connection. And then the third one is this. Not only were you created for connection, here's what I want you to say yes to. I want you to say yes to contribution over consumption. Now, consumption is not a bad thing, right? Just like rows are not bad, consumption is not bad. You can't give out what you don't have. But I've been saved for 42 years, right? I got saved very young. Anyway, 42 years I've been saved. I've been through Sunday school lessons. I've been through flannel graphs. I've been through Bible studies. I've been through Royal Rangers. I've been through sermon after sermon. I've heard thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sermons. I've read my Bible. I've had a lot deposited in me. What God asks is what is deposited in me eventually comes out. It's not just to fix me. Hello. Come on now. It's not just to fix me. That's only part of it. Here's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. He said this, what I have taught you, what you have learned of me, here's what I want you to do, Timothy. I want you to commit that also to faithful men who are able to teach others also. In other words, Paul, is, as a man, is talking to Timothy as a man, and he said, find some other men to teach what I've taught you. Timothy, it's not all about you. Take what I've taught you, apply it to yourself, but then also give it out to others. Amen? You know, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says this. Paul's reminding us, and he said this. Jesus himself said what? It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, in that particular verse, he's talking about finances. He's talking about money, right? But how many of you know the truth applies? That's a principle that you can apply to so many areas of your life. You can't give money you don't have, right? And take that truth over into spiritual things and say this, you can't give out what you don't have. So there's nothing wrong with receiving. But at some point, we got to get out of the contribution, or the consumer line where we just receive and we just consume. And we have to get over here and say, hey, now it's time for me to give. Somebody needs my voice. Somebody needs my story. Somebody needs my testimony. Somebody needs to hear that, hey, I was there, and I've been where you've been, and I've gone through what you're going through, and I've made it to the other side, and here's how I made it to the other side. Let me just encourage you with my story. Hallelujah. Amen. Because here's what happens in Connect Group. Here's what happens. You find these you too moments. You too. Oh, you went through that too? You mean I'm not the only person in the world? Because the devil will tell you that of the 7 billion people on the planet, you are the only one dealing with what you're dealing with. In fact, in human history, nobody has ever gone through what you are going through now. It's the worst. Huh? And so you throw yourself a little pity party, show up early, and stay late. Come on now. You see what I'm saying? And just, just whine the whole time. 
But what happens when you get into a connect group is you begin to realize others are going through what I'm going through or they've been through what I'm going through. They've made it to the other side. Listen, let's get to the other side together or at least you help me get to the other side because I'm going through something now and I want to make sure that I get to the other side and you find others that you can encourage as well. Amen? This is why it's so important to be a part of a connect group. It's so important to be a part of a connect group. You were not made for isolation. You were not made just for rows. You were made to belong to a family, to be a part of a circle. Amen? I want to pray for you in just a minute. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about connect groups. In just a minute, I'm going to release you out into the lobby. And we've got these tables set up. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about them because you're going to get a brochure on your way out. Now, listen, just because you sign up today doesn't mean that you're committing to anything, all right? But I think it is important to put your name down because that's a starting point, all right? And we got connect groups for men. We got connect groups for ladies. We got connect groups that are co-ed. We got the meet all the way from Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, all right? We have groups all throughout the week. We've got one group that I want to promote um, because it's mine. Right? And it's for the men. I had this idea. We, we've done, once a year, we usually do this thing called a men's grill and chill. We get together and eat food. And sometime during the fast, I thought, we need to do this more often. I don't know how it came to me during the fast, but somehow during the fast, it just, like this light bulb went out. We should eat together <laughs> now, soon, very soon. Let's get the men together and eat. And so, listen, we got a group on Monday nights. It's the first Monday of the month. We're going to meet here at the church. We're going to eat. We're going to have some Bible study together. It's going to be a great one. Now, that is just a starter group. And that group just helps the other groups. So that's not the only group you go to, guys. It's just one of the groups you go to. Amen? So sign up for that one, if you would, on the way out. We got ladies groups. Listen, we've got groups for, for couples, individuals. I want you to be a part of it. We got other ministries here for young adults on, on Tuesday nights, kicking off again right after our fast is over. You have to be a part of something. You have to belong to something. You don't want to be that one individual that was red hot. You were on fire for God. And then suddenly, what happened? What happened? How did I get here so alone? You disconnected somehow. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come. And if you joined us on Facebook, I want to thank you for being a part of our Facebook world today. Listen, you go to Go Grace Chapel. You hit that Connect tab. And if you're out there watching, you could sign up for our groups online at our website. Just sign right up. You'll see a list of groups there as well. Thank you for being a part of Grace Chapel today. God bless you. Thank you.